Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Saturday, July 17th, 2021. I'm coming to you a bit early, uh, usually come about 9 o'clock central, but uh, today I've got a few things to, uh, to do. <laughs> Uh, if you haven't uh, been listening the last couple of days, uh, my daughter is getting married uh, this afternoon. So uh, doing this early, I meant to pre-record it, but uh, so it goes. All right, so it might abbreviate it a little bit. We'll see. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We say our memory verse together. Unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5, verse 20. Our psalm for this week has been Psalm 119. We continue there, now in verse 97, with Mem and also with Nun. Oh, how I love your law! It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your just decrees, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your just and righteous decrees. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my freewill offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your just decrees. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. First reading today is continuation from St. Paul's letter to the Church of Rome, chapter 11, now in verse 22. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell severity, but toward you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you will be cut off. And they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, who are natural branches, 
be grafted into their own olive tree. For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved as it is written, The Deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them, when I take away their sins. Concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sake, but concerning the election, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For as you were once disobedient to God, yet have now obtained mercy through their disobedience, even so, these also have be now been disobedient, that through the mercy shown you they may obtain mercy. For God has committed them all to disobedience, that he might have mercy on all. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become his counselor, or who has first given to him, and it should be repaid to him. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. All right, so that's a famous, like, uh, almost, uh, well, it's a quote, but it's, it's almost used liturgically. You can tell that Paul just can't help but move into a song of the church. One other thing to note here, um, if you didn't haven't been following the argument the last um, couple re- readings, so yesterday and the day before in particular, uh, what what Paul is really confessing here is that um, the Gentiles are as wild an olive tree as, excuse me, the Jews are as much a wild olive tree as the Gentiles. All of them um, have been cut off from who they are by nature and have been grafted onto a cultivated uh, tree that is Christ, right? Regardless of whether whatever their natural heritage is, um, they have now been, through the mercy of God, grafted onto Christ, both Jew and Gentile alike. All right. So, uh, um, lest uh, the Jews have some kind of special privilege, they don't. Uh, what what uh, matters here is the election of God, the mercy of God given through that election, um, faith in the promise granted by the Holy Spirit. All right. And that's for Jew and Gentile alike. All who, how do you say it in here? For, verse 32, for God has committed them all, Jew and Gentile, to disobedience that he might have mercy on all, Jew and Gentile. Right? There is no distinction. Okay, and then our reading for catechesis is from Acts chapter 21, continuing today in verse 18. On the following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. When he had greeted them, he told in detail those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified God. And they said to him, You see, brother, how many myriads of Jews there are who have believed, and they are all zealous for the law. But they have been informed about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses saying that they ought not to circumcise their children, nor to walk according to their customs. What then? The assembly must certainly meet, for they will hear that you have come. Therefore, do what they tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and be purified with them, and pay their expenses, so that they may shave their heads, and that all may know 
that those things of which they were informed concerning you are nothing, and that you yourself also walk orderly and keep the law. But concerning the Gentiles who believe, we have written and decided that they should observe no such thing, except that they should keep themselves from the things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. Then Paul took the men, and the next day, having been purified with them, entered the temple to announce the expiration of the days of purification, at which time an offering should be made for each one of them. Now when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews from Asia, seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who teaches all men, everywhere, against the people, the law, and this place. And furthermore, he also brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen Trophimus the Ephesian with him in the city, whom they supposed that Paul had brought into the temple. And all the city was disturbed, and the people ran together, seized Paul, and dragged him out of the temple. And immediately the doors were shut. Now as they were seeking to kill him, news came to the commander of the garrison that all Jerusalem was in an uproar. He immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the commander and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commander came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with two chains, and he asked who he was and what he had done. And some among the multitude cried one thing and some another. So when he could not ascertain the truth because of the tumult, he commanded him to be taken into the barracks. And when he reached the stairs, he had to be carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob. For the multitude of the people followed after, crying out, Away with him. All right. Pretty dramatic story, huh? Paul finally makes it to Jerusalem, right? And who does he visit when he first arrives there? See in verse 18. James and the elders. And what does Paul reveal to them? He told in detail the things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry, right? And who is glorified in all of this, he says? Or they say, rather. Verse 20, they glorified the Lord. Because it's the Lord um, who is always working in the church through the preaching of the gospel, right? Which they acknowledge, James and the elders, as well as, as Paul. Um, how many Jews have come to believe? Right, they say in verse 20, myriads of Jews. Um, myriads. Okay, so a myriad, that's tens of thousands. All right. And what is revealed, though, about these Jewish converts? Yeah, they are zealous uh, for the law. That should be a capital L. I disagree with, uh, with New King James there. That's the Torah. Right. And what had they been told about Paul's work among their fellow Jews? Yeah, they have been heard that he teaches among the Jews, uh, who are among the Gentiles, to forsake Moses in particular. They ought not circumcise their children or walk according to the customs. All right, so this is a, now a pretty significant point of contention, isn't it? Uh, because those, those are not just religious mandates, those are also cultural mandates, right? So uh, that's painful to try to convince someone to change their culture. Why were the disciples then concerned when Paul came to town? 
yeah, these en- that the, his enemies um, are going to hear that he's in town, of course, uh, find out his presence in Jerusalem. So, um, James and the elders have some instruction here for Paul. Um, what do they tell him to do? Yeah, um, to go to the assembly, right? Or do this, actually, verse 23. The four men who have taken a vow, purif- purif- be purified with them, pay their expenses, they'll shave their heads, right? Um, that all may know that the things that, of which they were informed concerning you are nothing, right? So they're going to bear, bear witness with you. All right. Uh, this is an interesting vow. This is much similar to the Nazarite vow, which you can read about in Numbers chapter 6. Part of that vow is refraining from shaving the head until the vow is ended, at which time the hair is to be shaved and cast into the fire under the sacrifice of the peace offering. It's, it's quite interesting. It's back again in Numbers 6. When the vow has ended, the sacrifice would be given on the seventh day and the hair shaved. The sacrifice was to be one male lamb in its first year without blemish and one ewe lamb in its first year without blemish as a sin offering and one ram without blemish as a peace offering. And only after this could the Nazarite then drink wine. So what does, uh, did James and the elders affirm then about the Gentiles? They don't disagree with Paul, right? Verse 25. Yeah, that they, they are free from the law, only that they should continue to not sacrifice to idols, uh, refrain from blood, from things strangled, and of course, from sexual immorality. This list should sound familiar to you, these four points which we heard back at the Council of Jerusalem back in Acts chapter 15. All right. Why did Paul enter the temple? It says to announce the time when the days of purification would be fulfilled. And then, of course, what would happen at the conclusion of the purification? Again, think the Nazarite vow. An offering would be presented for each one of them. All right, so he announced that that's what they were doing. And then there's going to be seven days, right? Um, but as you see in verse 27, when the seven days were almost ended, the Jews from Asia saw Paul in the temple and they stirred up the crowd and laid hands on him with an accusation, right? All right, so a couple points to the accusation, verse 28. Uh, this man teaches all men everywhere against the people, against the law, that's the Jewish people, against the law, that's Moses' law, and against this place that is the temple. And that, of course, then, a little uh, linchpin here is that he brought Greeks into the temple and defiled the holy place. Of course, um, Luke tells us why, parenthetically, they assumed that Paul had brought um, Jews into the temple because he had been seen with Trumphimus, the Ephesian, uh, and just assumed, right, that he had brought him in. All right. It's not the first time we've seen a mob. It's not the last time they stir up the people here and um, seize Paul, right? Yeah, you see that in verse 30. Drag him out of the temple, shut the doors, right? Um, But news had reached the commander of the Roman garrison in Jerusalem about the uproar, right? And they, as we saw with Pontius Pilate, we don't really want a riot. I mean, they're, they're there to keep the peace, so to speak, through force, but still. So uh, the crowd reacts when the soldiers and centurions come to them by, here it is in verse 32, they stopped beating Paul. The commander um, 
really to appease the crowd, I think, uh, takes Paul, binds him in two chains, um, and then asks him, right, who he was and what he had done. All right. But notice that uh, this is in the barracks. All right. Which you see here in verse 34, right? Because of the tumult, he takes him to the barracks. All right. Um, but again, they had to carry Paul probably up, up above them, right? Because of the, the crowd trying to violently get him. And they're crying out away with him. Of course, we've seen these sort of trials before. Most obviously, you can think of the trial of Jesus back in Luke 23, right? Very similar, rioting crowd. But think also of Stephen um, and his martyrdom back in chapter 6 of Acts. All right. So, meditation on this text. First, there were four virgin daughters, and now the four who have taken vows. For the issue is really the need for the gospel. The attack upon Paul is an attack upon the purity of the gospel. The suggestion for Paul to join himself to those under the vow is not the proper course, even though it is the way appointed for God to accomplish his good will. The vow is not fulfilled. The sacrifices of the unblemished lamb are not made. For Paul has spoken of the one Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The false accusations and violence confirm that the real offense of Paul is his unwavering proclamation of the gospel. As they drag Paul from the temple with their false accusations, the doors are dramatically closed. The Jews are turning their backs on the once-for-all sacrifice that was offered for their salvation. Even if the doors of all church buildings were shut against them, Those who preach the truth of the gospel could not turn aside from their preaching. When they have been rejected by the world, they can yet drink the wine that is the blood of Christ poured out for the remission of sins. For he fulfills his vow to forgive the sins of men. It's fitting then that we confess the explanation to the second article of the Apostles' Creed. Say it with me. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity, This is most certainly true. We pray. Heavenly Father, you have given us your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, to redeem us from sin, death, and the power of the devil. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, taking all the punishment that we deserved for our sin upon himself. He descended into hell, proclaiming his victory over the devil. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead preaching the forgiveness of sins and the promise of eternal life in his name to the whole world. We give thanks to you for all that your Son has done for us. Help us to know and believe in Jesus. He has now ascended into heaven and sits at your right hand as our Savior and Lord. All the enemies of sin, death, and hell have been placed under his feet, and he now rules over all things for the sake of his church. Give us fervent faith in Jesus and the blessed hope that he will come again to judge the living and the dead, giving the gift of eternal salvation to all who believe in him. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, 
one God, now and forever. Amen. On the Saturday, we pray for faithfulness to the end, for the renewal of those who are withering in the faith or have fallen away, for pastors as they prepare to administer Christ's holy gifts, and for receptive hearts and minds on the Lord's day. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray in Thanksgiving today with uh, Thomas, Summer, and Cora, who all celebrate their birthday. Uh, Again, with my daughter, uh, Elizabeth, and her husband-to-be, who will be married this afternoon. That's Tyler Johnson. We also pray for our or all those who are ill, receiving treatment and recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Jeremy, Kelsey, Amanda, John, Timothy, and Janice, Sandy, Ken, and Kaylee. Pray for our homebound, Bev, David, Roy, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey. Pray for the compassion, or missions and mercy work of the church, especially Compassion International. And we continue our prayers for Jim at the death of his brother, Roy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the collect for this week. Lord of all power and might, author and giver of all good things, graft into our hearts the love of your name, increase in us true religion, nourish us with all goodness, and of your great mercy keep us in the same. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, let's sing. Let's just sing the last two stanzas today in the interest of my time, all right? Oh,
That concludes our congregation of prayer for today, July 17th, Saturday, 2021. It's good to have you with us here. I'm sorry uh, it's a little bit early, so some of our normal people that watch live uh, might have missed it, but they'll watch it later in the day, God willing. All right. Um, and of course, we have all sorts of stuff going on here at school. If you um, aren't busy with getting ready for a wedding, you can certainly come and help. Uh, they're working out in the yard and here in the school building, getting things ready for the school year. Um, we could use as many hands on deck as possible. Um, so if you catch this, even later in the morning, I think there'll probably still be work to be done. All right. So uh, join us again tomorrow for divine service. We'll, that will be at 9.30 a.m., God willing, everything. Uh, I won't be too uh, fatigued. No, it'll be fine. And uh, yeah, and you can say for Bible class, of course, we're going to uh, be finishing out the book of Hebrews. I think we might might take us a couple weeks yet, but but we'll get through it and then we'll be ready uh, for a new new book, a new year. All right, Lord be with you all. We'll see you again tomorrow.